the ACC tailgate on a Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock. We kick it off 7 o'clock Sunday, 7 o'clock Wednesday. That, of course, the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame fight song. We've been giving you a little a little Atlantic Coast Conference team theme song, uh, you know, fight song coming into the show each and every week. And what the heck? The Fighting Irish are in. Fire up the horns. Let's hear it, man. Rock and roll. Notre Dame's in the ACC. While other leagues fold, the Atlantic Coast Conference says, hey, you guys come on in. And again, on the ACC tailgate here today, we got a great uh, segment lined up for you. Uh, Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, joined me earlier today, as a matter of fact, on another little show that I do, Clemson Sports Talk. It's a radio show heard across the state of South Carolina. And we'll get to your comments here. If you want to comment with us, again, we could do that for you. We'll, we'll talk about the things you want to talk about uh, on what is a cataclysmic and incredible uh, week and a couple of days in the sports history and, and one that will certainly be talked about for many, many years as both the, I, I know it's an ACC show, but the good news is twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. We got you covered on all fronts from the power five conferences or now the power three, so to speak, and the other two, which we, we may not, we may not mention a whole lot during the football season. If the Atlantic coast conference, the sec and the big 12 do manage to navigate through this COVID-19 era of the sport. But from that standpoint, I will say that I think there is great interest in seeing what happens I think the American Athletic Conference is an incredible sort of story right now because there's no way they're folding up shop. And the Conference USA, there's no way they're folding up shop. I mean, these guys are going to be the last ones to put their cards in. This is like being in Vegas and you're playing No Limit Hold'em and you're looking around the table and you're like, well, I, I don't know if I got anything here, but I'm not going out because those two big cats folded. I just want to stay in and be a part of the conversation uh, no matter what. So. I would say from that standpoint, I think the the tenor uh, of where this, you know, the conference, the conferences are uh, is certainly unique. And, and man, the, the next week, two weeks, three weeks, however long uh, the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 can keep things uh, in the lane. I think is is going to be something to watch because if they they are navig they are navigating a narrow path, and it's I don't want to say day by day it's getting slimmer. If anything, I think the path is maybe beginning to open up. I think that we're seeing that masks, which was a great debate for a while, are beginning to work and numbers where I am are beginning to drop, and we're seeing that you know to a degree across the country. And I think that that some of those things are finally taken you know taken or doing the things that we thought they would do once we got more and more people on board with it. And so the path may be widening a little bit. I was hoping it would be, you know, a huge width. It's not. It's narrow. And it's still very narrow. But we did get a chance earlier, as I mentioned, to catch up with Chris Landry. You can follow him on Twitter, at Landry Football. And one of the great things about it is the entire network that we've got for you here, uh, Chris Landry Football. Uh, Twitter or Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. And so here's a conversation I had with Chris earlier today talking about, you know, just what's going on and how quickly things have sort of played out. And, you know, just the fact that the, the big 10 and the PAC 12 both 
folded it up pretty quick. Here's Chris Landry hanging out with me a little bit earlier. Well, it's one of those things that you know was a possibility, uh, but when it happens, you still can't believe it. And that's kind of how I feel. Numb is the best way. I, you know, just from a analytical standpoint, I don't understand uh, making the decision, particularly when they did. Uh, why wouldn't you delay it, take as much time? We don't know 100% what the ACC and the SEC, the Big 12, are going to do, other than they're going, they're staying the course. And we don't know that that's not going to change in a week or two. I mean, but to not take it to distance um, is very disconcerting, uh, is very arrogant on, uh, you know, a young commissioner. But l- let's call it what it is. This is political, and this is driven by – this goes higher up than the president. This goes higher up. Um, to the governmental agencies of these state universities that have a lot of influence. You know, there's no doubt that the governor of Ohio and Michigan and Minnesota, big, big pushes for this. You know, and that's kind of where we are. And certainly California, where most of the Pac-12 schools are, that was also a factor. So I'm not surprised overall, but yet in the big scope of things, I just have all morning, like I still can't believe we went to bed last. I still can't believe that's the case. I don't believe they're going to play in the spring. I think that's stupid, Lawton. I really do. I think I think it ruins the next season. You can't. The players that are draft eligible are not going to play most, most if not all. Uh, it's the guys that are going to play. If you would play a spring, you're not going to be able to turn around two months later and start your fall practice. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. And I just, I think it's a mess. I understand the. G5 conferences that can't afford it, the cost yeah. of the testing doesn't make sense for them to play because it just is too expensive and they don't make enough money. But for the Power 5 schools, I don't get it. And then on top of this, are you kidding me? We're going to have 20-hour work weeks? You tell me how it's safe to practice 20 hours, how it's safe to go onto campus with 50,000 students, but you can't be safe under the strict guidance and discipline of a training and medical staff on what planet does that make any sense at all yeah that's the part of it that really is a a bit confusing that they're still going to be out there preparing and and participating you know i i the, the thing that we constantly hear obviously is the word liability and I, I guess what I don't recognize and I'm, I'm not a lawyer and I know you aren't either Chris but maybe you can give us an idea as a a person that worked in the sport I mean how liable is the athletic department if you're not playing games but you're still doing the things that you mentioned I mean is it is, is the liability really any different you, you know you're right we're not lawyers but we do know this we live in a litigious society so I absolutely you know could see a lawyer coming in and trying to make a name for himself and make money for himself by saying let's do a class action lawsuit you 50 players or whatever I could see that and I could see, you know, the lawyers at the universities are advising this could happen. And now just in a general sense, can you prove that you got it because you were at the facility or your practice or you were in a meeting or you were at a game or how can you prove that that didn't happen at Walmart, you know, on Wednesday afternoon right. between classes? I mean, I don't I, – I, but, again, that's a just a non-legal mind looking at it. I think that's at the heart of it. And I think there's a lot of politics involved, too. I mean, I think there's a lot of, you know, um, that at play. But, I, you know, I, I do think the liability was a huge factor. I, and I get it. 
yeah. that if there were to be a player that, God forbid, passed away, that would be something that would be beyond negative. I get that. Uh, but those things, and I guess, and it's different because it could happen with somebody with a catastrophic neck injury. I mean, we could see that. But I get it that it's different. Um, I just, to me, don't you have the same liability if you're a president to have students on campus? Uh, in, in your, aren't you subject to litigation from a thousand students on campus that put a class action lawsuit? Um, I, I, you know, to me, it makes more sense if you say, guys, this is bad. We're having virtual classes. Nobody can come on campus. It's shut down. Therefore, we can't bring, you know, but if, okay, let me get this straight. Okay to come to campus. Okay to go to class. Okay to, you know, post the social distance, wear a mask. Okay, I get it. Um, okay to practice. Not okay to play. That doesn't make any sense. So if you're going to be that averse to litigation, then okay, I get it. Then everything's shut down because you're really averse to litigation. To me, this just doesn't fit. It just doesn't make sense for the angle that they're approaching. Um, I, I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's bothersome to me, and it's not just missing the football season with those schools, but it's just how they're doing it. And the other thing that just sticks in my craw a lot, and is I've said this for a long time, the lack of organization in college athletics and college football in particular here. We need to have a college football commissioner. There's no excuse for the Big Ten and, and the Pac-12. And they both did it twice, didn't they? They were the first one to say conference-only games. Well, then you kind of put everybody into a barrel where, you know, you can't – you can't. now everybody's pretty much got to play all conference because you're out of conference games or, you know, they're out because if you're playing a Pac-12 team or a Big Ten team, you can't play them, not because you don't want to play them, but because they're not going to play you. So then you got to act accordingly. There's no excuse to not have all five power conferences working with one voice and saying, look, put all your heads together and quit all the darn grandstanding and say, this is what we need to do, and this is how we're going to do it, and we're all unified and have everybody out there that's, you know, maybe representing the conference and one spokesman doing it. But to me, this smells, as it always does, of grandstanding. And I can tell you, I don't know that Kevin Warren is off to the best of starts as a commissioner. But let me just say this. He is a complete puppet, an empty suit. He has nothing to do with the decision. This is all done way above his head by the presidents. And as I said, the presidents of the universities, state universities, answer to the governor and the state legislature. So, and they're, you know, so this is where this is, this is how this happens. So I just want to make sure that people understand this is how the bureaucracy works in college football, college athletics. And it happens all the time. It's just, this is a really magnified situation because when you're talking about eliminating a season, uh, that's never happened before. Certainly not in my lifetime. And again, I don't want to make this into a, a political radio show by any means, but if it is truly a political move in your, your eyes, the financial side and how that didn't weigh more heavily in the room. Well, there are a couple of things at play. There are actually three presidents in the big 10 that actually have, 
not necessarily an epidemiology background, but a a medical research background. So they bring a unique view to this. Well, most medical people are going to exercise on the side of caution, big time, okay. on anything in this. So they swayed the room a lot more. So the other presidents are, you know, you tend to listen, as I would, listen to a doctor about this stuff because I sure as heck don't know. You know, I, mean, I know what I hear and who can you believe on, you know, so I listen, tend to listen to the doctors. I, I don't think they're really political, but when they're kind of swaying the room and then you've got maybe governors that are believing a certain way and are led by certain beliefs, because not everybody agrees on the medicine, you know, and on, on what, how we should do this and go right. about it. I think when you have that, then it drives it. And I think the PAC 12, they're, they, they're just kind of the little brother that's always been tied to the big 10 because of the Rose bowl situation years ago. And they're tied in mostly to California schools and they're driven by a lot of, you know, the whole California state governmental situation. And I think they've always been leaning towards not playing and canceling the fall. They just were looking for cover. They wanted somebody to go out there and that being the big 10 Lawton, I mean, 40 minutes after the Big Ten announced the Pac-12 did. Well, I mean, I mean, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. I mean, you know, I mean, right. I know what the heck's going on, you know. So we all do. But that's how I see it. And, look, I think the finances are a big part. I can tell you every athletic director in the Big Ten is hopping mad right now. You know, okay, you tell me how we're going to make up the, you know, the money that's – and they're dealing with that. But – and I also think there's a little bit of the holier than thou attitude with them. And I've been around a lot of these, work with a lot. They, they're they're kind of a belief, and I'm, you know, from the South as well. Always would get those little slide little jokes. Yeah, you know, the South football is really important, but you know, we're we're, we're a little bit more sophisticated. It was, they, they always kind of brand themselves that way. And so I think that's you know that's why they wanted to be first to we're going to show you the way and we're going to show you that we're a little bit more, you know, they, they're very much, they're very proud of themselves and they think very highly of themselves from an academician standpoint. And I do think the presidents at those universities are a little bit more driven by things outside of athletics. I mean, look at, look at the president of Michigan that, that was quoted like in March saying, yeah, I mean, how much am I losing football? Hey, we make this many billion as a university as if like, yes, that football program we have. I mean, it was almost like an afterthought, like, oh, <laughs> pity football. You know, it's like, you know, it's a hoity-toity attitude. Yeah. I tell you, they're not happy at Ohio State. But again, that more was for the governor. I can, I can tell you that the two schools that fought the hardest administratively in the Big Ten to keep it going was Iowa and Nebraska, particularly Nebraska. They're both hopping mad. Well, all the athletic directors – and, and coaches are hopping mad. They, they're all against this. That, that's a 100% everyone wanted to play. So you can imagine what it's like. We can talk about how people are looking on the outside in. Imagine what it's like internally. And you can see some of the comments that, that they are perturbed big time. And I wonder if it's going to hurt a little bit in some of the, you know, the recruiting and some of the, the perception of the league. I don't know. It may or may not, but be curious to see. The other part of my question was, you mentioned how it all 
you know, it came to a close and, and the 40 minute difference between the Big Ten and the Pac 12. What's amazing to me about that is why you could make that same decision the day before you kick off, but still have a chance to ride it out. That's the other thing that's, that that's correct. has kind of bothered me a little bit about the move. Like, I, if you want to choose not to play, great. But if you're going to keep these guys on campus, why not just ride it out until and, and see what happens? I 100% agree. And there's nothing to me that makes sense in doing it yesterday. Because as you said, I mean, we're getting towards a deadline where, I mean, you know, the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, they're saying, oh, look, we're, we're committed to playing. We don't know what a week from now is going to be like, but there's going to be a point where they're going to have to say, yep, we're good, we're going, or no, we're pushing it back further. But you're right. I'm If it's me, I'm pushing this as far back as I can, meaning, you know, at some point, if they got to push it back, they say, we can't start on time. I, Lutton, I'd be okay. I mean, I wouldn't like it, but if I had to, I'd rather say let's start in October and finish with sure. the national championship game in February. That's better than, well, let's start it in February and finish in May. That, that makes no sense. I, so I think – but I also think this. It's maybe a, an arrogance thing. Like we're going to announce this, what we're going to do, and we're not going to – we're not going to associate with those – folks on south and you know we're, we're better so we're going to do that and again that's that's part of the arrogance and look we don't have official cooperation but you would think that they would work with one another and realize that you know this is a competition on the field but from a business standpoint they're partners the acc the sec the big 12 the big, they're, they're business partners in that they have their own tv contracts but, but the playoffs and everything, and it, those are huge deals that affect your gate, and it's they're all in a business together. And that's the one thing that the NFL does a lot better, and I realize it's only 32 teams. But they understood back in the long time ago, Mr. Mara said, hey, I'm with the Giants. I could get more for my TV contract in New York, but I'm no good in New York. There's not a Green Bay or whatever, you know, so – Right. You've got to have that, and, and the lack of vision of that and the arrogance, I think, hurts it. And I think, don't you think that the ACC and the SEC, their fan bases definitely want them to play. So my fear is this, and I hope I'm wrong. My fear is that the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 are going to take it to the end. It's going to be hard for them with what the Big 10 and Pac-12 did to go and play because it's going to give the perception, oh, they don't care about this the health of the student athletes is like, well, that's not fair, but that's going to be the perception, right? Well, if, if, if they, did they take it to the end and then decide at the very end that they can't do it, like you said, that's the right thing to do. And I agree that is the right thing to do, but it also plays into their constituents. Meaning you could imagine as tough as it, could you imagine if the SEC or the ACC or the big 12 announced yesterday, they weren't playing the fan bases there would just be, you know, be even worse than what the fan base in the Big Ten's doing because I do think there's a very, very passionate fan base. So at the very least, they want to save face and say, folks, we did everything we could. We waited as long as we could. We backed it up as long as we could. I think they're going to back up and back up and give every opportunity to get it in so that no one can say you didn't do everything to get this season in somehow, some way in the fall. That's my view on it. And I sure as heck hope that we get it in. But I am more nervous than ever that we won't. 
Yeah, I, I agree. That was Chris Landry here on the ACC tailgate earlier. Had a chance to interview him. Wanted to play that for you. And again, uh, thank you for being a part of our family here. Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. I'm enjoying the opportunity to talk about the Atlantic Coast Conference. And, you know, this thing is so unique. We do the show Sunday night, 7 o'clock. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Sunday night at 7 o'clock, things were a little iffy on the college football season. We knew the MAC had shut things down at that point. It was getting, you know, this wave of momentum was starting to look worse and worse. And then, uh, in- in- incredibly, you know, from the standpoint of the folks that, that cover and follow the Atlantic Coast Conference and, and really across the country, because I've talked with people out of the Big 12, I've talked with people out of the SEC, I've talked with people out of the, the Big 10. Really, I've discussed this with everybody, but I don't think I've talked to anybody out of the Pac-12 as of yet. But the reality is at this point, and certainly people out of the ACC, talked with David Glenn, host of the David Glenn Show earlier today. You know, one of the things that's in- incredible at this point is, you know, we often talk about Nick Saban, we talk about Dabo Sweeney, we talk about the coaches in the landscape of college football, but really for the first time in a long time, the players were at the forefront. And, and Sunday night, Darian Rencher, Trevor Lawrence, two guys from Clemson, and Lawrence maybe the face of college football, got together, they partnered with the We Are United movement to the We Want to Play movement, and put out a graphic and got that out and got their word out and uh, it got conver- you know conversations from President Trump including a phone call to Trevor Lawrence that according to uh, to Dabo Sweeney may have actually occurred to encourage Trevor for what he was doing with trying to keep the you know the dream of a college football season alive and you know I really think from the ACC standpoint uh, first off the fact that that this league which is often criticized and and you know takes a lot of venom from the SEC about how good uh, the ACC is. I think it says something that the face of this whole movement came from the Atlantic Coast Conference. And I think the other thing, too, is that if you want to talk about who you need to praise today about still being able to talk about football here on the ACC tailgate, I think you have to look at the Big 12. I think if they said thanks but no thanks yesterday – the momentum for the ACC and the SEC would have been tough. So here's how the events played out yesterday. As Chris mentioned, the Big Twelve, or excuse me, the Big Ten went first. About four o'clock, I believe that news came out. Three forty-five, four o'clock. About four twenty, four thirty, the Pac-12 made their decision known. Then at about six o'clock, right at five fifty-five-ish. The Atlantic Coast Conference and the SEC in almost simultaneous statements. As a matter of fact, just seven minutes between them, the ACC at 554 released a statement that said the Atlantic Coast Conference will continue to make decisions based on the medical advice inclusive of our medical advisory group, local and health, local and state health guidelines, and do so in a way that is appropriate that appropriately coincides with our university's academic missions. The safety of our students, staff, and overall campus communities will always be our top priority, and we are pleased with the protocols being administered on our 15 campuses. We will continue to follow our process and the, uh, our process that has been in place for months and has served us well. We understand the need to stay flexible and be prepared to adjust as medical information and the landscape evolves. Again, backing it up, we can make the decision later. We don't have to shut it down. Big 10, you do you. Pac-12, you do you. That takes out, what, 14 teams from the uh, conversation? No, 
<laughs> Ter- that's terrible math. Uh, the Big Ten has 14 teams. The Pac-12 has 12. So 26 teams out of the college football conversation uh, at the Power 5 level. Now the Power 3. Uh, you take all the teams in the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12. You've got 14 and 14 is 28. And the Big 12 is is 9 currently. So 37 plus Notre Dame in the ACC. 38 teams there uh, currently playing power conference football and you know again as I said out of the gate here there is no chance in the world that the American Athletic Conference is folding before anybody else that's on the table right now they've been wanting to be a power five team there are four spots in the college football playoff and guess what there are three power five conferences right now as ridiculous as that sounds but you know what I think you can literally say three power five conferences when you call one league the big 12 and there's not 12 teams there and you call one team the Big Ten, and there's not 10 teams there. Well, there is. There's 14. That's the old, how many How many months have, you know the old joke, how many months have 28 days in them? And every kid says one, not all, yeah, 12. Every month has 28 days. One has 28 days specifically, but uh, everyone. So, again, I'm going to call them the Power Five, the three Power Five leagues. I, I don't know another way around it at this point. But that was the ACC. Seven minutes later, the SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, saying, I look forward to learning more about the factors that led to the Big Ten and Pac-12 leadership to take these actions today. I remain comfortable with the thorough and deliberate approach that the SEC and our 14 members are taking to support a healthy environment for our student-athletes. We will continue to further refine our policies and protocols for a safe return to sports as we monitor developments around COVID-19 in a continued effort to support, educate, and care for our student-athletes every day. That comes to to us from the SEC, Commissioner Greg Sankey. So the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, where do we go from here? What does it look like? Ohio State was the number two team in the land when the coaches poll came out the other day. And we've lost a bevy of teams off of the coaches poll. We lost Penn State at number seven. I mean, there you go, number seven off the board. Just like that. Oregon, number nine, Wisconsin, 12, Michigan, 15, Southern Cal, 17, Minnesota, 18, Utah, 20. I mean, gone. Teams off the board. Sorry, folks, park's closed. (laughs) You're not playing. I feel like there was one more in that list, but it doesn't matter. You, You get the point. That's out of the top 25. I did some calculating earlier. I think you will find this interesting. UCF out of the American Athletic Conference was 21st. With all the teams that are gone in front of them now, they would be in a revamped coaches poll 12th. There you go. UCF, there you go. American Athletic Conference. You're fighting to play. You got a shot. Who is the biggest winner? For the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decisions to not play this fall? Well, if transfers are allowed, we've got an update on that coming up here in a minute or at least uh, some some indication of what that might look like. There could be a lot of teams that are the biggest winners. But I think it's the American Athletic Conference. I think it is UCF. I would say Cincinnati uh, is another program that really benefits because if you're a team that doesn't really have what we would call in most years a legitimate chance to win a national championship or play for a national championship 
this might just be the year. One, because you got the SEC playing conference only. Two, you got the Big 12 playing conference only. The Atlantic Coast Conference is playing one non-conference game and only two teams, Clemson and North Carolina, are still looking for dance partners. And the other dance partners in that league, as far as I, unless somebody else in, in our league in the ACC has, has dropped off because of a cancellation, but the last time I checked, only Clemson and North Carolina didn't have their full slate of games scheduled. I don't think that – I really don't believe as much as the teams in the American Athletic Conference want to raise their hand and challenge you, I, I, I don't think they would. Why would you? The UCF's better off going undefeated. Then they're in the conversation. I'll, and I'll say this too. I had somebody bring this up to me earlier. Now, this is a crazy kind of thought, but the thought that could happen. Imagine for a second the the thought process, and and I think you could go, I think you would go with Notre Dame initially here over North Carolina, just given where the Fighting Irish were or are in the coaches' poll. But could you imagine a scenario where Clemson and Notre Dame go undefeated into their matchup on November 7th? Say Notre Dame wins by one. Say Clemson wins by one. Doesn't matter. Then those two teams finish up and play in the ACC championship. And what if they had another close game? You know, right down to the wire. And the other team wins. Now, we're not talking about five Power Five conferences playing for four spots. We're really talking about three Power Fives and the American. But mostly three Power Five. Is there a chance, as, as, as crazy as this sounds, is there a chance that Clemson and Notre Dame could not just play twice this year, and maybe Clemson or North Carolina perhaps, could not just play twice this year, but is there a chance that those two schools, if things set up and went the right way, could those two schools play each other three times? That is ridiculous. Uh, that, it, it is ridiculous. But it, it might be uh, where we go. And again, I also want to beg the question, when you see the, the, the quarrels and the fuss being put out from Lincoln, Nebraska, and the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Big Ten saying to them, you not in being our league, you won't go play somebody else. Because Scott Frost is like, yo, we're over here. We will play anybody, anytime, any place, anywhere. And I'll be honest, at that point, the Big Ten looked down on him. Oh, my guy. <laughs> and they said, look, you're not going to do that. You're just not going to do that. Not in being our league. Well, I'm looking at the Notre Dame model, and I'm looking at 2020 like all bets are off. Like, don't come at me with, oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> I, I, I laugh in the face of that'll never happen, people, at this point. That'll never happen. <laughs> the only thing that will never happen is I won't wake up with my head sewn to the carpet. And you could get a look at that clean shave and tell why. But Nebraska fans, Ohio State fans, I mean, they you gotta be looking. You gotta be looking at Notre Dame in the Atlantic Coast Conference and going, man, there's gotta be a way out of this thing. Oh, there's gotta be a way out of this thing. Holy crap, I am freaking out. Don't blame you. Keep freaking out. Because guess what? If I'm in the ACC, if I'm in the SEC, if I'm in the Big Big 12, why am I helping you? 
what's the advantage for for the the, the listeners to the ACC tailgate in Chapel Hill to let Ohio State in the Atlantic Coast Conference for a year or Penn State in the conference for a year or West Virginia in the conference for a year or any Johnny come lately into the conference for a year. What's the advantage? None. Zip zero. What? You're going to give them additional recruiting opportunities, chances to put their brand on national television? Uh-uh. Sorry. Your league said you're not playing. I hate it for the kids, but for the <laughs> but for the, the the teams in those leagues, forget it. It's over. No nobody's coming. Nobody's coming to save you, man. Game over. Just the facts. Just the facts. Thank you again for hanging out with us here on the ACC tailgate Sundays and Wednesdays. If you don't know about Chris Landry football, the Twitch channel, check it out. Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. And I'm going to tell you, man, we got fantasy football coverage. We got scouting pro college. I mean, everything, all the leagues. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I know the guys out in the Pac-12 on the Pac-12 show and the guys on the Big Ten show are going to be a little bit agitated with me, but I'm struggling to say to Power Five with two leagues out, and it's certainly not their fault. I think one thing though that that Chris brought up when we had that interview we played for you a little bit earlier that was so interesting to me uh, still is the fact that it is amazing how both the Big Ten and the Pac-12, although I've been covering this for well over two weeks. I've been talking about this fact for two weeks on my website, and, and many of you may you, you say, Swanee, I don't care about your website. I'm not a Clemson guy. That's okay. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. But we've been talking about this in our forums uh, for a while because my contacts on the West Coast, contacts in the Big Ten, were all leaning towards this thing coming to a halt way before the weekend took place. Way And, and, and p- matter of fact, we were putting it out, and people weren't talking about it. They were like, that, that, come on. You know, it, again, 2020, folks, 2020. You thought 2020 vision would be a good thing. People around here wanting to jab themselves in the eyeballs after seeing what's taking place in the world. College football folding. Oh, my goodness. I I, I, I said earlier today, somebody was asking me about it. I'm telling you, man, when you're when when we're old and, and the kids, you know, your grandkids come walking up to you and they're like, hey, hey, poppy. Tell me about 2020. That year sounds like it was a cool year because the date is 2-0 and a 2-0. <laughs> like my Aunt Mamie used to say, boy, go grab a switch. I'm telling you. Not good, folks. Not good. I don't think 2020 is going to be here. Anybody uh, is looking back to. But again, thank you for joining us on the Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. Again, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. All the podcasts up on LandryFootball.com. Follow Chris and the whole network on Twitter at Landry Football. And again, go to Twitch right now. Join us in the chat room. Communicate with us. I'm going to see if I can get to any other comments here. It looks like we got some coming in. Chris. Uh, I, somebody running the feed says I'm cutting it up today. I'm trying, doing what I can, man. I tell you what, whether it's high school, college, football, NFL, recruiting, free agency, pregame, postgame, analysis, inside scoop, teams, coaches, schemes, whoo, inside look at the locker room in leagues where they're playing. Uh, LandryFootball.com and the Landry Football 
network is an incredible thing and that's why i'm a part of it and that's why i've chosen to do this show again sunday seven o'clock wednesday seven o'clock book it we'll be here for you hanging out with you and there are a slate of programs on our network i am lawton swine thank you for being a part of the program today thank you for hanging out with us here on the show and as we brought you in we'll take you out the fighting irish the newest member of the atlantic coast conference and let's say oh i don't know Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. Everybody's looking for a home. I may have said West Virginia earlier. Sorry, West Virginia. <laughs> You're still in the league. <laughs> I don't know if I said it or not. They, they ran through my mind. Whether it came out of my mouth, I am still not sure. But if I did, in retrospect, I would like to apologize for that. We're out of here. We'll be back Sunday, 7 o'clock, the ACC tailgate, twitch.tv, Chris Landry, football. Check out all the programs, and we'll talk to you then. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.